0: Alrighty, round two preview. Hawthorne Hawks coming to play our mighty Port Adelaide boys at Adelaide Oval this Saturday night at 7:10 p.m. Alberton standard time is the kickoff of that one. So a Saturday night match, a huge opportunity both for us fans to get get there and mass, um, and hopefully fill the ground. Although, um, I would I would just put a caveat on that, um, the fact that uh South Australia is edging towards uh, 5,000 COVID cases a day. We've been at the 4,000 a day kind of number for a few, probably over a week now, I think. And it's, um, you know, they're, they're warning that we could be getting towards uh, uh, more cases a day in the next few days. So there's going to be a lot of people um, either isolating with COVID at the moment or um, close contacts. And obviously, with all that comes a, a certain sense of trepidation, and um, my day job here, um uh, working up in the Barossa Valley, uh, it's been pretty quiet, um, and a lot of other tourist uh, places around the brosser are, are rewarding the similar kind of um, vibes around at the moment, it's just a little bit quieter around everywhere, because, you know, uh, people can't get out, or, or just uh, a little bit of trepidation about going out, so, um, but, you know, with that in mind, I still think, uh, you know, I've seen um, one, one, a couple of blokes on, Twitter actually that are unfortunately as much as they'd love to be going to the game can't go to the game, so how many people um in that position i don't 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 know of there could be plenty out there so um but with that with that being said um it would be wonderful to get as many people that are able to go and are feeling um like they want to go go um tickets will be available um and there's plenty of people um obviously membership is um an interesting topic at the moment but um yeah, if you've got a member's ticket and you can go, go. If you've got a member's ticket and you can't go, um, see if you can pass it on to someone else. Um, it is pretty easy to share those uh, digital tickets uh, once you figure it out. Um, share them via your wallet or whatever in your phone. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty of opportunities, hopefully, for everyone to get there and um, and get around a big game. Um, both a big game for our Port Adelaide boys as far as um, a chance to get our season uh, our winning off to a start for 2022 after that close loss last weekend against the Lions. Um, yeah, get back and listen to the review of that one if you haven't already. I've talked about that at length, um, but yeah, um, it's a big opportunity both on that front, but as well as um, a massive celebration coming up for uh, the memory of the great Russell Ebert, um, God's Game as it is known, um, and or <laughs> as uh, the great uh, Rocky and Raz or Rock and Raz podcast that came out from the uh, Footy Club this week, the Port Adelaide um, official podcast with the Rockcliffe and eratio um it was one a good fun little listen there uh they had sean burgoyne on, on as a guest and they they joked that it was being referred to as the sean burgoyne cup as well so maybe that'll be the future but um this week, this week it's uh only one name and that is god's game for the memory of the great russell ebert uh, plenty of things being done to celebrate that uh derzma's giving up the number seven jumper for uh this one night so it's being retired for this one night as a gesture of um um you know remembrance um for Russell Ebert, which uh, you know, Derzma's taking over of that number from um Ebert's uh, Russell's nephew, Brad, obviously. Um it was a wonderful moment in our history and a great reverence for that number and that jumper and what it means for the club um is wonderful. And then obviously the patch that's on the jerseys as well. And then little number seven, the the number pen number panel, the back of the bars jumper, that'll be on out over the hearts of all the players this weekend. Um, and I believe those jumpers are getting raffled, uh, raffled, raffled, auctioned off after the game as well, uh, which is a wonderful gesture. Um, yeah, proceeds from that um, auction the of the selling of the jumpers going to uh, Novita, I think, which is um, a charity um, near and dear to Russell's heart. But yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity for us fans to kind of uh, acknowledge the history and the great, um, the, the fans and the club and the, and the AFL world really. Uh, it would be wonderful for people to kind of see the impact he had in our club. You know, this is yeah. I'm I'm gonna probably just spend a couple of minutes on the Russell Ebert stuff before we get into uh, the preview of the actual games. This is like an addition to the front of the pod podcast, I guess. Um, the regular preview stuff that I'll get to in a few minutes, but you know, Russell Ebert's impact at the Port Adelaide is um, obviously goes without saying. Um, and it's interesting for someone like me as a fan that is uh, 34 years old now, I was obviously um, not around for any, um, any of his playing career. Um, he's uh, born in 88, so his playing career was obviously over by that, at that point, um, well, like kicking around maybe at that point, or coaching, I can't remember. Um, his Port Adelaide playing career was over at that point, and um, it was... Um, so for people like, you know, p- fans of my era, our knowledge of Russell Ebert um, well, as a kid was just reading so I read his read about his um achievements and knew of the reverence and the and the reasons he was known as God even as a young child just because I've read about it and you hear about it and um, people talk about Russell Ebert and um, you just know and I was a kid that was very um, someone who read a lot and just soaked up knowledge about the things that I loved and Port Adley being one of the things I loved as a kid I hadn't had a sense of his Grander and and what he meant to the club from a very young age, which is wonderful for me, just to know that. So then, when guys like Brett Ebert got drafted, you know, <laughs> I knew why and understood the the amazing um chance that was to see an Ebert in a jump in the jumper again and all at, at the AFL level. Um, but yeah, it so we we and then you know, internet, you get and, you know, YouTube comes around, you see highlights and all that stuff. So I uh, at this point in my life have seen, feel like I've seen as as much of Russell, Ebert as I've seen of some of the players that have grown up watching um but um you know we never got to live through that and there's there's lots of people that did and um you know they speak about him and just as an unparalleled uh genius of, of the game and I think that's one of the things that um makes him so wonderful as a player um that that the ways I've read about him and stuff is just his level of professional he was ahead of his time he's one of those guys and we do this a lot when you're talking about NBA or whatever you talk you try to you try to you have those discussions could they play now you know um i'm having this discussion with a mate working on a few writing projects uh talking about um bill walton uh, the, the great portland trailblazers center um and Celtics six man of the year um in 86 as well but an mvp and finals winner um for the portland trailblazers and um we were talking about his misunderstood greatness um because he's played in an era where centers were the were king and um you know, people nowadays sometimes question his place in the top 75 players of all time without realising the player he was, and um, and you have these discussions. But I think the wonderful thing about taking this back to AFL, sorry, I went on a tangent there for a second, but um, one of the wonderful thing about Brady, uh, Brady but Russell Ebert's game was his professionalism um, was so far ahead of its time at the time. You know, the way he took care of his body, um, the the... The scientific study and understanding of the game he had, and the the extra lengths he went to, for a game that was you know semi semi professional still at the time, it was not the be all. It was not the be all and end all of your week. You had other th- requirements and commitments to live your life um, compared to the uh, the full fully professional game that we now witness. Um, so what what he did in taking care of his body, you know, we we marvel at the LeBron Jameses and. And the players of of the professional nature of all the sports now that you know spend you know the, the, I think the famous line is you know LeBron spends you know a million dollars a day or whatever on his body just just taking care of himself and all the things he does and the and the cost of that. Um, but uh, Russell Ebert was doing similar levels of stuff <laughs> in the '60s and '70s, you know, and and '80s, and and that's the, that's just the the dedication he had to the game and this is what and when you watch him play in those highlights you see a player that would absolutely dominate this game now you think about the dedication and the, and his stamina, and his body held up as well um the de- dedication and stamina and the ability that he had then imagine throwing that guy in without him having to even worry about all the other stuff imagine if he could be a fully professional russell but he'd be winning brown laser right now so that's the testament to the kind of player he was and the and the and the reverence uh, he is held by many, um, and we talk like you know we know about him, you know finally breaking the premiership drought at Port Adelaide after a 12-year 12 12-year 12 drought um, in '77 when we won it in the uh, 100th anniversary of South, South Australian football. Those famous images of him with that jumper with that 100th anniversary badge on there, um, um, beating Glenelg as well, which just um, feels right. Always does. <laughs> always feels right. And. Um, But then, you know, he spent that one year at North Melbourne where he flew over um, for trainings, flew back, worked, flew back to Melbourne. So Tuesdays there for training, back um, to Adelaide, then flew over again on Melbourne, uh, flew over to Melbourne again on Thursday, played Saturday, um, and then flew back to Adelaide on Saturday night. Um, Fly in, fly out footballer in the VFL, Um, only played one season there, but... um, 25 games, 15 goals, and um, part of a team that got to the preliminary final—a pretty good North, North Melbourne team at the time. We always we remember those famous images from a couple of years before with the blight, long light torpedo. Um, but yeah, uh, he was greatly revered at that time too. And this is a league that had been trying to get him for ten, year, you know, over ten years. But he was just so committed to Port Adelaide, and then after, obviously after that one year at North Melbourne in '79, he came back to us. Um, you know, just the the tiring nature of that kind of um, commute, but. The wonderful, you know, Ron Barassi, well, legends of this, the wonderful game that we love. Um, this is; these were the words that he had for um, Ebert. He said Russell was a pleasure to coach. His input, both physically and mentally, was excellent. He never whinged or moaned about sore spots and trained and played with them, which is what a coach admires. Russell thought about his footy and gave it all he had, and that just kind of sums up what I was saying. It's just like his his input, and this is this is the the magic thing. it's the the thing. The secret of sports is your input physically is one thing, but your input mentally is is the real you know if you combine those things and he said his input both physically and mentally was excellent and that's the that's just the wonderful thing about what Ebert's game was um I spent a fair bit of time talking about that, but obviously the the wonderful thing about russell Ebert um beyond footy was that for every bit of a great footballer he was, you double that and put it into. The, a wonderful human being, and that's who Russell Ebert was. Um, I never had too much to do with him myself, obviously, being just a fan and um, not having any media connections or anything like that. Um, I ran into him once at the Port Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide Club in 2020, actually. Um, one of the random things I did a lot in 2020, uh, once you, obviously we could go out a bit again, um, me and the better half were um, kept apart for 14 months or some may know. I can't remember if I've talked about it too much, but we were... You know, half a world away from each other, unfortunately, with COVID um, hitting right in the middle of us, um, moving some things around with, you know, her being overseas as well, uh, her, her family being overseas and us planning a move um, still eventually uh, back to the US, um, which there'll be some interesting stuff to happen when that happens as far as what uh, the direction we go with this project. Um, obviously, keeping on doing this, but uh, really excited about some potential um, international uh Plans with uh, what we want to do with uh, the Port Adelaide Footy Club and um, expanding the expanding the the word, I guess, but we'll get to that um, at a later date when things solidify. But um, we yeah we got stuck apart. So one of the things I did to keep myself busy mentally, um, you know, mental health, take take care of that was, you know, I was living on my own, obviously, with uh, being kept apart. So we I would once or twice a week I would drive down from the Brosser and go to the Port Club and. Just hang out. I'd go to the store, buy some useless shit, (laughs) um, with the little bit of spending money I had, and um, not useless shit. It's all wonderful, actually. I love. There's some good gear came out that year, that last year of ISC, the shirts and the one fiftieth anniversary logos and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I'd go down and have a couple of beers at lunch and just um, just hang out down there. And um, it was one just one day, just wandering in, and Russell was standing at the front, just standing at the front um, of the old entrance into the Port Club. There, um, you know, before they'd started on all the massive expand, the massive redevelopment works down there. Um, He was standing at the front, and I think he noticed that I was, I was kind of just walking in. He was chatting to someone at the front there, just wearing the, a simple uh, the IC polo with the PA logo over the heart, and that very simple one. Um, It's a, I've got the shirt myself. Um, It's a wonderful, nice, simple Port Adelaide shirt. He's wearing that, and he's chatting to someone, and I kind of just was looking because I knew it was, you know. You kind of, you know, you do that thing when you see someone that you know, like a famous face that you know, um, and you kind of do just stare for a second, just that split second or whatever it is that you just like, I, that you got, you, your brain is going through that process of um, recognising someone. And, you know, by the time my brain had gone, shit, that's Russ. um, He's kind of caught my eye and, you know, there's plenty of times, uh, I'm sure, when people, uh, you know, catch the eye of someone famous and they go, oh, fucking hell someone's noticed me again um certainly had it with, with afl players that are based in adelaide out in town or whatever you see them and they they kind of don't want to be bothered um but russ being you know he obviously was there as a representative of the club i think he was there in you know club club colors and doing working so um but i i never got the you know even if i did catch him out somewhere else i know i would have got the same thing but he just he saw me looking, I think, and just without a beat, just cracked this big smile. and said, morning, mate. How are you? I said, oh, I'm good, Russ. Yourself? Yeah, not doing well. It's good morning. It's a nice day. He just smiled. It's a nice day. And it's just, that just made my day. And I texted, <laughs> texted my wife and said, just saw Russell leave it. So whatever I see in the store that I want to buy today, I'm buying. It's a good day. <laughs> and, um. That was it, and that was the one little interaction I had with him. That was it was barely a few words, but that was it, and um, yeah, it was coo- it's just wonderful. Um, he was a one, you know, you could just feel that warmth at every turn, and it, so that's my it's barely a story worth mentioning. But when you hear so many people talk about him, um, in similar, it's the same story from everyone that whatever, he, whether it be his charity work, his work with the club, um, whatever he was doing, he put his 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 heart and soul and warmth, um. Came with it, and uh, it's probably the the measure of the man more than you know. We if he'd done if all we had was what he'd done on the field, we'd still revere him. But um, to to pretty good lengths. But the reason he's um revered to the point that we're celebrating him like this, and the the loss hurt so much, is because of everything he did off the field. And that's that's the that's the measure of the man, and why he's such a wonderful. Such a, a tough, tough loss uh, for the club and us, the Port, Port Adelaide family. But why he's going to be enshrined in all of our memories and and the and the very fabric of this club forevermore because of what he's done both on and on the field, but um, even more so off it. So it's a wonderful chance this weekend to celebrate that life, um, celebrate that impact, and 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 you know chart the chart the path forward uh, with his memory. Um, forever etched in our minds, and, and, and take that with us forward, and, and do it for us at every turn. Um, he epitomised what was great about this club, um, and we should um, at every turn forward. Um, and you know, not that he's the uh, you know we've lost, um, we regularly lose champions of this club, unfortunately, because we've got so many champions through so many years of history, and we should always carry all of them forward. But Russ, Russ, the reason he's at that level is because of so, so much that he meant to us in every way. And this club stayed with him right right to the end and, and is with him forever more, and, um, and he's with us forever more. So, yeah, a good chance this weekend to celebrate that. And um, I think there's an applause at the seven-minute mark of the first quarter as well. Um, There's been so, um, just a standing ovation, seven-minute mark. Once that hits, I'm sure we'll... Even if you're not noticing the clock, you'll notice when it happens because there'll be enough getting up and, and to join in and celebrate it. And, yeah, we'll get into previewing um the game that hopefully will come with, will come with a win to... uh to celebrate Russ and I had a bit of had a bit of fun picking the um the um inspirational music to kick off the preview part of this podcast this week. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's um it's it's themed. Um uh, it's themed and I'll explain the theme afterwards. I'll see if you get it when we're when uh when you're listening to it though. I think you will. It's not it's not too deep but um yeah, you'll get it I think. But yeah, I'll explain it afterwards. So let's get into the preview. Um but yeah, do it for good do it for God. Its number is six hundred and sixty-six I left alone. again as it would have. 888, or just 8. It'd be cool if Josh Sin was number 6, then that would make it really work. But um, yes, clearly the inspiration for the inspiration music for this week is the fact that Josh Sin, our highly touted number 12 pick at last year's draft, is making his his debut this weekend. Um, So a wonderful moment for him. Uh, Sam Skinner being the other one coming in as well. So wonderful for him as well. Congrats to the two lads for making their debuts for the mighty Port Adelaide Footy Club. Uh, there'll never be a bigger debut in your career just saying Um, and you know Josh Sins comes with a lot of um, he was an excitement package in preseason. we're all pretty excited for him and uh, I think many of us thought he might be a chance to get in for the last week actually a pretty good chance I think Uh, myself included thought he would be in the mix um, Jackson Mead got the nod. He's he's one of the ones um omitted this weekend. Probably a little bit stiff. I don't. He it's not really lit it up this like last week. Um, Jackson, but he had a pretty good. I think he. I mean, it was tough conditions up there. No one, no one is exactly putting in um, one of those uh, vintage, you know, <laughs> um, halcyon days kind of performances. Um, it was uh, it was tough conditions, but um, we are we are blessed with some youngsters as well. So it's um just making figuring things out and maybe. Last weekend was a chance for Jackson had certainly um put a, put his hand up as well and now it's just um sin a go and certainly with some of the changes happening um with uh force changes, although not nearly as many as I expected. Um, Josh Sin certainly is getting his chance. So, um the number of the beast obviously has been plenty of uh plenty of uh sin um you know, it's S I double N but plenty of Sin um Sin puns going around there since he got drafted, and 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 the excitement machine. Um, even I think the club used the uh the little smiling devil emoji um in their announcement on Twitter today that he was making his debut. So that's wonderful, obviously. So he's coming in, um, and then we've got um Sam Skinner coming in, who's uh very much the re- replacement for um um Alia Alia down the back. Um, hopefully. Not that we will you can ever replace a bloke um as mercurial as um Alir Elias has um proved to proven to be at port adelaide but um he's certainly um it's still a wonderful chance for uh, a wonderful chance for sam Skinner to kind of show he's you know he's had a few years played only i think three games i think in his career and um and pretty had a pretty rough start to his a f l career but getting new chance and and he's certainly impressed um in his short time at the club and uh, and where uh, I'm pretty excited to see how he goes. Um, it's you know this is the unfortunate thing. And usually, usually I do these reviews by uh, talking about um, the other club first and then getting into ours. But since I've kind of rolled into it, we'll talk about how our team's lining up first here, and then we'll do the talk about the Hawks afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's. It it's one of those things in in footy that um it, it injuries and attrition and all this stuff is in a, inevitable. It's a squad game. It's a it's a sport that does require you to make sure you do have that depth a little bit because you are inevitably going to deal with injuries. You just hope that you know there's kind of this ex- expectation that it'll just be steady throughout the year and you won't you know and then when you have years like we did last year with what was it 17 in season surgeries or some ridiculous number. Um, that that does get a little bit out of hand but we still managed it last year and that's just the hope this year you don't want to lose guys like like, like Aaliyah, but you know you're always going to lose someone big I, I just I resign myself to that at some point you're going to have someone fairly handy go down and um Aaliyah's just been that early one this year and um hopefully there's not too many others uh miraculously um you know Aaliyah's out with that syndesmosis surgery but unbelievably I cannot believe I, I was just I just said Trent's done for a while when I saw him go down last year last week, but a hyperextension was is an incredible result. But then even then you just think oh well, maybe it's going to be a week, but no Trent McKenzie is lining up a fullback again, which is wonderful as long as he's as if he's okay and there's no injury there's no nagging injuries that he's going to you know overdo it again in this game. Um, I talked about Bill Walton earlier and now I'm thinking about it again. You know Bill Walton if you know his career was. Um, the, the sad end to his time at the Blazers was um, 1970s, and just not understanding injuries and going out and playing with essentially a half broken foot that then he completely broke in the fight and in the playoffs. So, um, not that that's going to happen with McKenzie, but that's more my point. Is as long as they're completely, you know, they're they're good to go and they're not going to be, you know, potentially worsening an injury at any point. Because I think we're going to be pretty light in defensive stocks if we start losing Mackenzies and stuff like that as well. Being considering. Cleary and Naliyah are already missing but we just don't want to be risking any further injury but um, if McKenzie's good to go then that is just some kind of miracle and I'm stoked because I just thought he was done for I mean, I, I wondered if he was done for the year the way he looked <laughs> going down last that, that jarring of the knee and the way he was carted off so, wonderful result anyway so he's in um, and then husmer uh, as well uh, he's, been, he's been named again, another one I just did not expect to see for a little while Um he's wearing number 50 um, this weekend. So that's the number he's wearing in lieu of that, uh, number seven that he's, um, retired for the weekend in honor of the great Russell Ebert. So yeah, the main change is really, um, so let me just get it here. Um, so, uh, we've got, sorry, I'm just scrolling through here. Um, Aaliyah Aaliyah is, yeah, obviously out with the injury. Um, Robbie Gray's out as well with a knee injury and then Jackson Mead admitted. So those are the three outs. Um, and then obviously, um, Sin and Skinner coming in, so um pretty excited um for that. Um Jackson Mead has been named in the emergencies alongside Sam Mays, Jed McKenty uh mid season draft pick last week, uh, last week, last year, and uh Trent Dumont as well. Um so it'll be interesting to see where the um the sub comes from in the in those emergencies. I said last week that I thought it'd be Sam Mays, I'm forgetting kind of just you know, Stephen Motwell was probably the obvious choice to be the sub, but I just love Mays as a sub. You know, I've got such good memories of him coming in last year. So um, I wouldn't mind. And again, I've I've talked about his durability and and um, and flexibility on the field. So, but guys like Jed McKenty's really been starting to show some um in, as well, uh, considering his mid-season draft pick last year, and um, Trent Dumont as well has got some fairly good experience. And then Jackson Meade was stiff to be, you know. Rose. Not overly stiff to be dropped, but a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see where the, um, sub comes from, but I would, I, I expect it to, I would hope it's Maze, just cause I, I like, like what he does, uh, provides as a sub. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but otherwise a pretty you know, surprisingly, miraculously, a fairly unchanged lineup from last week in comparison to probably what a lot of us were expecting. So, um, again, we've got, um, you know, really it's just Skinner in for a leer, and so otherwise in the back line, um. You know Houston wines and Houston coming off an amazing week last week and he's just kicked off his season like a house on fire and um just really continuing that rise that he's he's had over the last couple of years um, and could be just in for, in for an amazing season this year if he can keep that level of performance up throughout the year. Um, geez, we're in we're in for some luck and his his ability to push is you know pushing up the field now um, and playing that wing role and 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 being at a like unload that cannon uh that rocket um houston we <laughs> other teams are going to be saying houston we have a problem um that's going to be an amazing weapon in our arsenal this year and and, and something we you know with aim on as well um it's just that's just such a good pairing um so i'm really excited for that and i'm really excited to see how houston can back it up because sometimes that's the thing when you have these guys uh, put on big performances like that that aren't your key mid guys like um Wines and stuff, you really want to see those guys um, finding that consistency of high-level performance as well. So um, yeah, an amazing an amazing week last week and long may it continue this week. Um, the real big question this week again will be um, forward line didn't, it, it was the same old story last week, um, the forward line kind of entry, the structure and all that stuff, just nothing was working really well, um, Georgiades was dropping marks. Uh, Marshall just didn't quite see him at it. Uh Finlay sent a quiet start to his port career. Uh, there's a lot going wrong there. Um I don't put I don't pin it on any one of them. I just pin it on the entire structure and and uh hope that the coach that we've really knuckled down in the coaching staff this week to kind of figure out a little bit more of a plan down there and a bit more cohesiveness between the tools down there. You know, Dixon has been such a mainstay of that forward line and kind of the where the structure's been built around in the past few years that it just seems we weren't quite prepared to um do the job without him there um, last week, even though we know that know that he was gonna be out for a few weeks. So um yeah, those are the big names. And you know, Connor Rosie was a bit um he he had showed some bursts last week, but he's also oh, I think a little bit hampered last week and um it is a worry that he continually seems to be getting these niggles but um yeah, butter butters last week was um pretty was pretty happy with Butters effort last week. Um his attack at the ball is um, never going to be questioned. So, um, yeah, that'll be um, interesting. Scott Lysett's probably one of the big ones to um, that needs to kind of have a bounce-back week this this week. Um, pretty handily handled by Oscar McEnany last week and the uh, right battery up in Brisbane. So, um, he's going to be looking to kind of rectify and get his season off to a start as well. Um, I certainly expect it. I, I, you know, there's some... Uh, revisionist history going on last in the wake of last week's game that Scott Lys has never been good at Port Adelaide, which is um something that I I would uh, just raise an eyebrow out and eyebrow and say okay whatever if you know opinions are like assholes everyone's got one um he's fine he'll be fine um he's just got to keep his um you know my I mean my thing is 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 just finding that that balance of who is taking some of the pinch hit jobs in the ruck, which Finlayson did last week, and I think he can do it again. And I'm happy to see him do it. Um, and then, you know, it'll be interesting to see if anyone else does. But, um, you know, it would be nice to see Hayes he's get a run as well, but I don't want to see him get a run that kind of uh, is the run that, you know, you, you're dropping Scott Lycett because then you, you create your whole other host of problems. And, you know, as much as these guys are professionals, no one likes to be dropped, and that can create its own issues as well. So... And you know, from all reports I've heard is people just don't think Hayes is quite near at, as close to the mark as some of us might have thought. So I don't know. I haven't seen him play for a while and since last year, so I can't tell you exactly. But um yeah, I just I think Scott Lysett's um it's his job to it's it was a it was a beat it was a beat down up there last last week, but and and the, the hit outs were not kind uh, the 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 stats were not kind to Lysett, but I think it's one game. Give him a chance to um, rectify, it rather than um, you know uh, throw the babies out of the pram. Uh, throw the babies out of the pram. No, <laughs> throw the throw the toys out of the pram. Sorry, we ain't throwing babies out of prams. Um, so yeah, it's um it's his job and it's fi- And I think he will be fine. Um, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, a surprisingly unchanged lineup comparative to what we thought it might have been uh, coming into this week. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to see Josh. Uh, obviously. Um, he's the big story. as Josh Sin coming in for his first game? We've all been pretty excited about him in the preseason, and um, it long you know, really excited to see how he how he um how he goes, you know. And the other other names that I'm, I'm like Lockie Jones, I was pretty excited with last week, you know, his run and um running carry off halfback, and um him and um, Darcy Ben Jones, kind of, you know, those guys like and Riley Bonner as well. I was fine with him last week as well. Um him, Lockie Jones, Dusty Byrne Jones, the Jones brothers, um coming off half back. Um, you know, they they, they actually I I was pretty impressed with how they handled um the smaller forwards last we obviously had our issues with Joe Danaher, but otherwise, um, you know, without him getting off the leash, we had we kind of had it locked up pretty well down there and the mixture of the tools. and then these guys with their their bruising um their ability with feet and hand and, and their bru- kind of bash brothers bruise ability as well. <laughs> um was in a nice little mix down there so I was I was I was quite happy with that going on down there with um those guys and I'm I'm really intrigued to see how you know Logie Jones is one of the big ones this season for me if he can get off to a um have an injury free run uh, to see what really what've got him because we I know we were all so excited last year with him coming in and we are excited this year um and I was pretty happy with the game last week um obviously there was a couple of I can't pinpoint one or more mind. I think I remember at one point just being like it. Just a little bit of distribution occasionally, still kinda of honing the craft, but otherwise, uh pretty happy. So yeah. Um a pretty a pretty solid side going into this week and a side that should be able to handle Hawthorne, but um we'll get into having a having a look at what Hawthorne's got going on with the Hawks coming over. The new era of the Hawks. If you looking at their website earlier, they're really they're really pumping this like, get on board for the new era of the Hawks. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, you know. They've had, like, the, one of the greatest eras ever, and then they're just like, get on board for the new era. Um, anyway, that, that's marketing, you know. I'm just... There's nothing really com- to complain about. It's just... Um, it's wild um, to see just that this... There is really a new era at Hawthorne now. It's just, it's almost... It is weird, really, that it's not Clarkson coming over here. That's It's just a weird. I'm still not quite used to it. So, anyway, let's talk about this new era Hawks in a moment. All right, the... Uh, the Hawthorne Hawks coming over for the um to try and get a hand on the the Burgoyne Cup, the Sean Burgoyne Cup, as it was being joked about on the um Rock and Raz podcast this week. But um yeah, they're coming over with a side that um is in flux or um you know rebuilding, I guess you could say. Um, they're they've got a couple of experienced heads coming back in. Um, this weekend uh, it's a. Uh, Oh sorry I had this up actually before and now I'm less, my computer's just for some reason decided to do a little reload safari goddamn um here we go yeah Ben McAvoy and Luke Bruce coming back this week uh, this week um so they're the big kind of um veterans back for the for back for them um so that's a those are a couple of big ins um just a side in, in an interesting position at the moment some good young talent in that side but then obviously they're still so um pretty heavily reliant on um the older heads there as well. And, you know, some of these mid range like Tom Mitchell and Jager Amira's that have come in and like kind of the uh, failed rebuild um on the run era. Uh, Tom Mitchell, Jager Amira, Chad Wingard being one of those guys as well. Um but all still um there's a, there's it there's a touch of class in that side of the way. Tom Mitchell obviously Brownlee winning Jago Amira really hasn't hit the heights that they expected. Uh Chad Wingard has not is kind of just stagnated as the player that we had and has not gone into any greater heights there. So, um, so that's just that's just the life there. But some good um, young talent there. One of the Chankuth Jiaath. Uh, I'm I am apologize if i I mispronounce that. I've looked at it. I've I've tried to look it up before because I want to be able to pronounce it right. But then I always read it and just um, you know it's just you know, Australian brain, um, which is no excuse. But um, he is um, such an incredible player incredible young players, probably one of my favourite, I say this on this podcast almost every week, I think it would be interesting if someone was listening and wanted to um, tally how many players I say, one of my favourite players outside of Port Adelaide, you know, there's a lot of players, you know, when you get older and you start stop being quite as, um, I get more parochial as I get older in a way, but I also do find myself being able to appreciate other players more, you know, and I did as a kid too, I just didn't quite acknowledge it as much, um, unless you play, they play for the Crows and fuck them. But, you know, Jath is um, a player that I absolutely love to watch. He's such a um, talent beyond his years, the way he um, handles the ball and kind of his presence on the field. I really enjoy watching him. So they've got some good young talent down there. Um, but otherwise, um, they're just a side that's still in that little bit of flux. Um, they had a good win last week against the North Melbourne side that um, does have some pluckiness about them. But I was just... There's still still a North Melbourne side that has been basically bottom for two years straight and turning over a list with 10 players, you know, 10 to 15 players a year sometimes it feels like. So um, it's just um, they're not the greatest side still and they're they're trying to figure things out Um, and they were in a battle with them last week. So, look, um, I I do have some interest in how, um, you know, our defense is going to be... This is probably the biggest question I'll have this week is... Um, with Alya out, um, it does raise some questions about, you know, our our structure of our defence really quite quickly became about Alya last last year. We realized, you know, he wasn't the missing link in that defence to kind of um make make it work the way we want it to, with him being able to intercept, spoil, come across, leave his man, all those things and just and the way he was able to do that last year was just it revolutionised the way we kind of structured our defence. So when you take him out, and obviously dropping Sam Skinner in there to try and play a similar role, but it still does change things a little bit. So it will be interesting to see how we kind of battle that um, this week against their forward line. Although I just don't, you know, Ben McAvoy and you know Mitch Lewis and guys like that, and you know Gunston and Brewster been two incredible players for them over their run of premierships um, earlier in the decade, um, or last decade, but, um, you know, I I expect our defense, I was just talking about the likes of Lockie Jones and Darcy and um, how good they were last week, or how impressed I was last week and what their efforts down there, and, you know, McKenzie, um, provided he is truly fit, um, as well as Sam Skinner coming in and obviously Tom Jonas as well. Like, I expect our defense to relatively handle them um, with – not ease, but just uh, just not a range of problems like we had last week against the likes of um Oscar McInerney and um McStay and and, and Joe Denner, obviously um goes without saying they're just not as electric as that kind of and certainly the delivery's not gonna be quite there though. I I'd interested to see how Tom, Sam Mitchell is kind of um changing away the a way the midfield is playing compared to the last the last couple of years. Um Tom Mitchell's obviously a brand been a Brownlee winner and um is still in that time of his career that he can be an incredibly Im- impactful player in the AFL so it'd be interesting to see how their continued kind of new era does um does continue to move forward in how they they're restructuring how they um you know move the ball but I just don't I just don't expect too many problems um and maybe that's just me being biased I don't know but um I'm pretty comfortable with how we're sitting against this side um, and certainly, um, I do. I I'll be interested to see how we battle there. De- you know, the one spot on the field that I do have some reservations with, obviously, about what Adelaide is our forward line still. Um, a lot of questions went un- unanswered last week, so that'll probably be where it's. Um, you know, how efficient we are in the forward line will be, how comfortable the game is. In in essence, I think I think we can win this game without um we could win, we could win this game i guess i'm trying to say um i'm fumbling over my words here to try to figure out the best way of saying this but um we can win this game without our forward line firing the way we want to see it firing but then it'll be a bit more of a scrappy win um if we want to see a comfortable win we're going to need to see a bit more of um, a structure to our forward line you know see Georgiades kick three or four and then uh, you know a pair from maybe marshall and finlayson or something like that and then that, like the kind of performance that sees us see those guys getting that regularity of opportunity up forward. And that'll see us come out with what I would say could be a, you know, a good 40 or 50 point win, that kind of range. That would be nice. If the forward line structure kind of issues persist through this week and we find ourselves with, you know, you know, four or five goals between the three tools, then that might see us being a bit more of one of those scrappy wins where we just end up coming out with 20 or 30 point win and, and it's a bit closer than what we expect or something like that. You know, th- th- not that we don't have the ability um, for our small forwards and, and midfielders to kick a, bunch, a bag as well. But I just think we need to see a bit more structure in that forward line um, and, and see some that there is going to be some progress this year. And, and even without Dixon back, um, we walked Finlayson in to be um, a starter and a forward and obviously with high hopes for his ability to be able to play a role. And Giorgiardi's development, we need to see him kind of. We do need to see Giorgiardi's, even with a cha- even if he misses a few and he kicks two goals, three or something like that. Although I, I do rate his kicks, so I think he can, if he's getting five opportunities, he can kicking three goals, two at least. But we need to see the opportunities, you know, the scoring chances. These guys didn't just didn't even really have many chances last week, and that was an issue. So um, that's kind of where I see this game being won easily and not. I don't see it being a one and loss. I'm being pretty bullish about our chances. I think we can now I I'm, I'm a bit more confident with the fact that the injuries weren't as bad. Um but yeah, I just think that this is where it'll be interesting to see um how right I am when we go back to the re- um when I get to the review after the weekend. Um as to where the game is kind of won and lost. But um I just think we um the forward line um is gonna be the real big question this week for me and the one that I want answered. That's where I'm really gonna really be looking this week um you know midfield pretty happy with how we controlled the game for large parts last week until obviously i mean obviously hit out to a um to a large detriment but we still were on um pretty even on clearances besides all that so i was pretty happy with our midfield was working last week um the the grunt and the grit and the um hunting and packs and all that stuff that we were seeing in the defensive um you know in the defensive um half back area and then going forward as well um all those things I was pretty happy with it's just the forward line is the real big question so That'll be the big question for this week. So that's what I'm looking to get answered. I really want to see some answers or at least some progress starting from this week. Alrighty, well that about wraps it up for this uh, preview of our game this weekend. Really, really looking forward to this one. Obviously looking forward to being down there. Um, I'm hoping to get down there with a few hours to kill before the match. So um, I'll probably put the location out in the socials and let everyone know that might be around, um coming have a beer. Hopefully, probably be over on the riverbank or something like that and catch up with a few people. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm um, really looking forward to it. Paying tribute to one of our greats, or our greatest, um, you know, the, the, um, the wonderful life and celebration of the life of Russell Ebert that we get to celebrate this weekend um, and hopefully be sending everyone home with wonderful memories of a game that we got to celebrate the life of Russell Ebert and then collect four points as well. Um, as I said... Um, big question for me this week that i 'm hoping to be answered is a bit more forward line structure and, and ideas down there um, you know uh, it shouldn 't be a hard ask after um, you know four years of this now but anyway that 's a big question but w- whatever we 'll get there i 'm um, expecting 40 50 point win can't the pair let 's fucking go I